Welcome back, everybody. Somehow we have missed our jingle again this morning. I can see it coming up there in the wrong place, just after the station ID. I think somebody hit save from last week's presentation. And the, oh, there it goes. There it goes. All right. Now, we're, now we now we are allowed to have our Bible study, our encounter with God Bible study, because we've had the jingle. Because it's now legal. Yes, that's right. You cannot start it without the jingle. It's just wrong. It's wrong. It's just, it's just <laughs> against the rules. Okay. Yeah, yes. Anyway, we're back. Uh, we hope you can all hear us this morning. We did have a little bit of trouble with the tune-in app this morning. And uh, big thanks to uh, one of our listeners, Aaron Brown, for being hey. a faithful listener out there to help us out and to make sure that we are on air right across the board. Um, so, yeah, that's hopefully all happening now. Okay, so we have, uh, before we get into our Bible study, we've got a couple of, uh, let me see here what we've got for text messages coming through. Okay, we talked about um, some crazy stuff earlier on. Yes. And uh, someone wanted to say, as you said, it's insanity. Satan is insane. And so are his children. Lord Jesus, come. And you kind of read these stories and it's like, yeah, you know what? It would be a really thing if uh, a really good thing if Jesus just came right now and sorted out the whole thing. Yes. Um, in relationship to our last very short story that we did mention where the uh, Catholic Church has been fighting tooth and nail to get out of paying reparations for uh, child sex abuse um, and the courts here in Australia have said, no, you need to pay up. Um the wanted to say the Catholic Church is the rich, richest organization on the face of the planet, but they have short arms in giving to those they have abused. How sad. Hmm. You know, it's not just the Catholic Church in this situation. I think most institutions are trying to save as much money as they can and find any loophole that they can. And I think that in this kind of situation, as far as child sex abuse goes, that we this is a very human situation. We need to think about people rather than just, you know, covering our own butts, yeah. uh, so to speak. And uh, and saving on money. So yeah, we had a couple of those messages come through. Let me just see if we've got we've got anything else happening here. Yeah, a few other messages there, but not ones that are relevant to read at this particular point. So let's go to our twenty million movement Bible study, and let's look at what our study is all about for this week. It's kind of like the final week of this particular study. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I should mention that we're going to be here until Wednesday. Ah, yeah. So we'll uh, be finishing up on Wednesday. We're back again in the new year. I think coming back on the fifth. Back on the fifth. Yes, need to clarify that one. So we're back on the fifth. So we've got a couple of weeks, few days off over Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand we're coming back with you as lead host for a week. There, Renee. We'll be back. Yes, for most of January. So yes, exciting. And, of course, Minnie will come back. We've got a couple of uh, other people helping in. I'm having a bit of a uh, bit of a holiday. so That's nice. Looking forward to that. What are you doing? Building a house. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. I remember. Yep, that's my main project for the holiday. I'm going to get away for a few days here and there, somewhere on the line. So. Mm-hmm. Should be all good. All right. Where are we up to? Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Let's start there. This is a passage that I would recommend that everybody memorizes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. And uh, yeah, this can be your memory verse for the day. Let's see if you can memorize it by the end of today and recite it for us tomorrow. We always love to hear from our listeners, so you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843. Maybe you already know this one off by heart. If you do, 
Give us a call. <laughs> we will we will test you out. <laughs> we will test you out indeed. So what was that? It was uh, First Corinthians. Uh, First Corinthians chapter two, two verse nine. Nine. Here we go. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Okay. Mm. That's a pretty good promise. Mm. In other words, you can't even think about yeah. how good heaven is. You can't even you can't even bring it to mind. So it's a little bit like this. It's a little bit like if uh, you were to pick somebody like, say, let's pick a random person. Uh, who's a random person I should pick this morning? I'm going to go with, let's go with um, <laughs> Isaac. In the Bible? In the Bible. Okay. And you were to um, travel back in time to Isaac's day. And you were to try and describe our day. Oh, yeah. Would you have the words in his language to be able to describe our day? Um, <coughs> Do you have a word in Isaac's language that describes radio or your microphone or your iPad that is sitting right there or my phone that is sitting here collecting text messages? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'd have the language. Maybe I could, I mean, yeah, some language that could loosely, like, associate it, but it'd be pretty hard to describe. You can you can see it sometimes when you um, have people from relatively uncontacted tribes who they take out to a very developed country and then send them back to talk about it. You know, and they'll and they'll go back and they'll tell stories about you know. Well, in uh, in in Australia, they everybody lives in uh, in huts that are built on top of huts, and there's a hut that is um, inside that hut that goes up and down between all the other huts, and they're describing a um, elevator, a, a, an apartment building. Yeah, but they don't actually have the words in their language to be able to describe what they have seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. The people that they're talking to, they can't even construct a word picture in their mind of what they have seen. Yeah. Because there's nothing that they can relate it to. Yeah. And so, you know, when we think about heaven, if you look at, look at the contrast, say, between Isaac's day and our day and if heaven is a big is, is a contrast, be, you know, a, a, of that magnitude between where we are right now, um, and you know, of, of the same of the same level, then there's a whole bunch of things in heaven that we can't even begin to imagine. Mm. And we're pretty imaginative as human beings. I mean, you look at sci-fi. Yes, we are very imaginative of the supernatural world. And everything like, do you have, do you, do you imagine what heaven would be like? You know, when they're like, imagine what heaven would be like. Do you ever imagine that in your mind and then realize, oh, whatever I'm thinking, it's probably not that. Yeah, it's, whatever I'm thinking, it's super lame compared to what it actually is. <laughs> yeah, any of the pictures that we have or any of that. It's just nothing. I actually really struggle with the pictures that we have. I, I it's not attractive to me. No, it's not a heaven. Not at all. I'm like. Yeah. 
it's not. A- I'm a very active person. I like to build things. I like to do things with my hands, that kind of thing. And so when I see a lot of the pictures of uh, happy people playing with animals, I'm like, yeah, I like yeah. enjoy going to the zoo about, you know, once a year at the yeah. most. But not forever. <laughs> no, not every day. Not every day. Don't give that to me every day. Not at all. I think it's kind of attractive maybe to children at some level. I mean. You know, we talk to the children like, yeah, when you get to heaven, you better play with all the animals. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so much fun. When I get to heaven, I'm going to build stuff. I'm going to create stuff. I'm going to invent stuff. I'm going to have all kinds of patents on all kinds of things. Well, I'm not going to worry about patents. Does then, it but- sound bad that when I, like, when I go to heaven, I want to work because I genuinely exactly, like to work? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have, I am going to have a workshop. Hey. I'm going to have a shed. Nice. You know, seriously, what what guys out there, we all need a shed. Have a man cave. I'm going to man man cave in heaven where I am actually going to have tools and do things. (laughs) Very nice. Because human beings were created that way. We were were created to be creative. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, there's other things that, you know, it talks about like, you know, our uh, community in heaven and time with God and you know, social connectedness and all those kind of things, which is going to be absolutely amazing as well. And we were created for that, mm-hmm. but we weren't created just for that. We were created for far more than just that. Mm. You know, and, and this is you know, this is probably the most important part. Yes, absolutely, no question. But it almost seems like, um. You know the 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 version of heaven that you and I grew up with is the version of heaven where you play with the animals and talk to Jesus all day. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking there's going to be a lot of people in heaven, and I'm never going to lack time to talk to Jesus. But I'm going to step back on occasions and let other people have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, I remember when I was a kid, and uh, the thing down in Tasmania where I come from in the Huon Valley was that, um, you know, you go to heaven and you float around on a cloud um, <laughs> playing a harp, eating a raspberry tart. Um, I think the raspberry tart was a uniquely Tasmanian invention. <laughs> but nonetheless, I think that, and, and we look at that as a very simplistic view of heaven, mm. but I think that often as human beings we haven't evolved too far past that. And we've just replaced the cloud, the harp, and the raspberry tart with playing with the animals and talking to Jesus all day. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says the Bible says a whole bunch of things about heaven. Hopefully, we get time to uh, to work our way through them in this Bible study. But the Bible says that you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has ever even entered into the imagination of any human being how good it will be. Wow. So you think about the most wild out there, incredible, off the charts, um, good, because not all is good, sci-fi that you've ever sort of ever come across. Mm. And the Bible says that it's never even entered into the imagination of a human being. And we have really, really well-developed imaginations as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to work. What kind of work are you going to do in heaven? Oh, um. I like events. I'd want to do event planning. We're going to have a lot of like yes. fun parties and um, I don't know, just fun get-togethers. I love socials. Okay, so this is interesting. <laughs> we're, learn- we're learning something new about Renee this morning. You know how people are like, oh, I like to hang out with my friends. I'm like, yeah, but I like to do like fun things as well. Like we could, I don't know, 
go on a fun hike <laughs> or um, have a tea party or a picnic. I had a picnic with my friends. It was the best. I don't do events. That's one thing I would do among many, many other things. Okay, so I'm officially going to hire you from now on as my events planner. <laughs> Please do. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is the other thing about human beings is that we were never created to be idle. Yeah. Heaven is not a holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If if heaven and you know the Garden of Eden when you when we read about this a couple of weeks ago in Genesis chapter two, when human beings were put in the Garden of Eden, they were set to work. God put them in the garden to tend the garden. You know, I've had this, I've had this um, conversation several times when I've been studying the subject of the Sabbath with people, and pointed out that the Sabbath was given in the Garden of Eden before sin existed, and they're like, "But no, that's impossible. That can't be the case because how can you have rest when you never work?" And I'm thinking, wait a minute, have you ever noticed how you get really successful people, right? Who could easily retire? Yes, and they don't. Mm-hmm. They've got bucket loads of money. Yeah, and they don't retire. Why? And some of them try, mm-hmm. and they all go back to work. Often they have this purpose. They say, "Oh, this is what I've you know, this is what I wanted." Is they want to do it first of all? <laughs> they find fulfillment in it. Yes. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're doing, they are finding fulfillment. Sometimes they're finding fulfillment in making money. Sometimes they find fulfillment in making a name. Sometimes they find fulfillment in making a thing. Whatever it might be, human beings find fulfillment in work. Yeah. Work is a good thing. God created us to work and he's never going to take that away from us. Heaven is a place where we are going to work. Not get tired, not get sick but still be active and still work and do things. Mm -hmm. All right. In the 1600s, a French writer named Blaise Pascal, Mm. I think I pronounced that wrong, but whatever, was ruminating on the state of humanity. For him, one point was very clear. No matter how long a human being lived, and back then that wasn't very long at all, um, and no matter how good that person's life was, and back then... Life wasn't really that great either. Sooner or later, that person was going to die. Moreover, whatever came after death was going to be longer, infinitely longer than the short span of life here that preceded death. Okay, thus, for Pascal, the most logical thing a person could or should find out is what awaits the dead. And he was astonished to see people get all worked up over things such as loss of office or some imaginary insult to his honour. Yet they paid no attention whatsoever to the question of what happens after they die? So yes, what happens after you die will last a lot longer than the time you spend here on this earth. Even if you are an atheist and you believe that nothing happens after you die, that nothingness is going to extend and be a whole lot longer than what we have here on this earth. Mm. So whatever it is that happens after you die, it is something that you should know about. Now, the Egyptians figured this out, and they used to spend their entire life, from birth until death, preparing for the afterlife. Uh, It kind of failed rather miserably for them because they had some (laughs) crazy ideas. But they would take a whole detailed book with them to their grave to supposedly guide them through the afterlife. 
Mm. It's like they'd have a whole written version of a GPS on papyrus. Yes. It's like, I've got to take this with me so I know what to do, where to go, what to say when they I get to the afterlife. They their belongings or their treasures, sometimes people as well. Yep. So Some really messed up stuff. Yes. But that's a very logical conclusion to come to that, you know, the afterlife does – there's something about it that we should definitely look into, you know. Let's do so. Mm. John chapter 6, verse 54. John 6, that's the gospel of John, not the one of the letters of John. There are four Johns, just to confuse you. Five books written by John, four named after him. One gospel, three letters, and the revelation. <laughs> So, John chapter 6. Verse 54. Verse 54. Ah, I went to the wrong verse. I went to 4. Okay, so verse 54, and it says, But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. Okay, so what's the promise that we have right here? Eternal life. What's the other promise that we have right there? You will be raised on the last day. If you yes. eat... Yes, eat his flesh, drink his blood is the condition and there's two promises. One that you will have eternal life, uh, one that you'll be resurrected on the last day. All right, um, text message coming through from a listener who also, um, I should mention, has now got bragging rights. Hey! So we've got uh, two correct, two incorrect so far. Um, I'm going to be an ambassador for Jesus and travel, (gasps) visiting the inhabited planets, billions of them, telling them, them about what Jesus did for me. Okay. I like that. I like that. Ooh. Yes, I like that. That's a, that's, that's a very good thing to aspire to. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Very good. All right. <clears throat> uh, let me see here. Where were we? Do you see a contradiction in the verse that you just read? There is one there. Yes. Um. <sighs> Eternal life and yes. then being resurrected. You can't really have a resurrection without having a death, can you? Yes. Which means you don't have eternal life. So why did Jesus say, you've got eternal life and I'll raise you at the last day? Because he just contradicted himself. It does, unless eternal life means something more. Yes. <laughs> unless it includes death, I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's what you've got in the Bible. And this is a principle that you find in the Bible. It's a principle of interpreting the Bible. And that principle is this. The promises of God are always so sure they are counted as present reality. So let me me repeat that. The promises of God are always so sure they are counted as present reality. I'll demonstrate it with this verse. When Jesus gives you the promise of eternal life, it is counted as present reality right now. Mm. So you and I can rest in the promise of eternal life. It's a reality for us right now because if we face death, all we are facing is a sleep followed by the resurrection. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's go to John. Well, let's not go to John chapter 3 and verse 16. Let's quote it. Yeah. For God, for, so, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I love that passage right there. Once again, you've got the promise of everlasting life, mm. life that never ceases. You know, our life here on this earth would be a bit weird if it never ceased, if it never ended. 
you would end up dealing with a lot of tragedy, you know, if you were the only person who lived forever. And if everybody lived, yeah, it would just, yeah, it wouldn't work. And if you think about it. With sin in the equation, eternal mm, life can never work. Yes, that's it. <laughs> with sin in the equation, like eternal life in sin is torture. <laughs> yes. It's hell. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Mm. It is literally hell on earth. Yeah. Nobody wants that. But take sin out of the equation, I'll take eternal life. Yeah. Nobody wants to die. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go then to our next passage here. We've got a bunch of verses to look at, uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. These are promises coming through here one after another, after another, after another. Um, let's go back to the Gospel of John, chapter 4 and verse 14. I've got a bunch of Bible promises to share with you this morning. Mm -hmm. John chapter 4 and verse 14. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Have you ever been to the funeral of an atheist? Uh, no. No, I haven't. Have, have you? What's it like? Really, really awful. Really? The depth of grief is just another level because there's no hope. Hmm. You know, there's no hope because, you know, I'm talking about somebody who's an atheist, completely secular, their family's atheist and secular and all that kind of thing, and there's just no hope. Yeah. None of them have any hope. None of the... And it's just like we have so much hope. You know, funerals are miserable and they're horrible and all that. But it's like, well, we're going to see these people again. Yeah. But a secular person yeah. and their family, it's just horrific. Mm. I think I also went to I went to a, a funeral where um, the person who had died actually killed himself and his ex-girlfriend and in such a tragic oh. in such a tragic circumstance it was interesting to hear what was being preached it wasn't about him because they didn't want to focus on him and what he had done but the focus was on god and jesus coming back and the hope and that jesus offers forgiveness and mm. we don't know what happened but we do know we serve a god who is fair and who is merciful yes and yes yes and we 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 can be so thankful that we don't have to judge in these kind of situations. Exactly. Because we don't know what illnesses, you know, the perpetrator of the crime was dealing with at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh and God does and he can judge fairly because of that. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah, a very very heavy situation. Um mm. uh, let's see here. John chapter 6 and verse 40. John chapter 6 and verse 40, and it says, <clears throat> For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. There you go. All these promises of eternal life and resurrection going together. Yes. Uh, I love how that this is a repetitive theme in the Bible, resurrection and eternal life. So we've got the, we, can, we can sit here, you and I, with the full confidence of eternal life. Mm. We never have to worry about dying. Yeah. We can take a sleep for a while, but we never have to worry about dying. Yes. 
there is a resurrection and we can praise God for the promise of the resurrection. And, you know, even in really heavy circumstances like the one that you were just mentioning there. Yeah. And uh, I believe that that particular circumstance was actually one of my uh, son's classmates mm. in high school. Yeah. Um, and so it sort of hit very close to, you know, to our family, hit very close to the, you know, the Islander community down mm. in Sydney. Yeah. I had a lot of people. Yeah. And um, it's it's just, you know, I, I did a funeral one time for a broken family where one of the parents wanted me to say nothing about God okay, uh, because they're like a devout atheist and the other one was a devout Christian. Okay, so what did you oh, do? Oh, so challenging. Did you did you actually not mention God well, but then still? Okay, so in the end I sat down with the, with the atheist and I said, look, I said I need to do a um, – I need to do a funeral service that is respectful to both to sides both, of the family yeah. here. Yeah. And um, I want to include everything in this that you want included in it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also going to include some things that mm. your ex wants included in it. Okay. And, um, you know, this is not a time to have a family fight. This is a time to. Yeah. And so, you know, I showed respect to both sides mm. and. It wasn't. It wasn't the full blown spiritual event that you know you might have at a Christian funeral. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't leave it out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was there. So, yeah, it's so much. It's so much hope that we have as Christians. Oh, how many more of these verses can we do before we run out of time? Let's go to First Timothy chapter one and verse sixteen. We've read okay. read a bunch of John ones so far. Let's read a few others. A few other great promises here. Okay. So God, but but. Mm. Wow. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Love the way Paul puts it right there. And, you know, if you go to 2 Timothy, uh, the end of 2 Timothy talks about, you know, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not me only. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so I've got a question for you. For uh, Well, a question for you, Renee, um, and this is for... Question of the day. All right, so I have a question for you because this is this is going to be right up your alley, not my alley. Christmas. Yes. Now, I'm an Australian, and as Australians, we shorten everything. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm typing something, typing the word Christmas, it's a long word. Xmas. Xmas. X-M-A-S. It's just easier. Yeah, it's just easier. Is this appropriate or not? Some people, some people get upset and they're like, well, you've taken Christ out of Christmas. Ah, uh, well, actually, actually, it's not taking Christ out of Christmas. All right, um, it's, it is an easier way. So I'm here for that. I'm here for easier ways. Actually, the X um, in the Greek alphabet, the X is actually stands for the letter. Is it Chi or Ch- X? I don't know. It, it's it, it basically stands for um, the first few letters of the of the word Christ, which. It, I'm not explaining it the best. I'm very sorry, but essentially you're doing it a better means job than me because thing. I know nothing about Greek. <laughs> Your course did Greek. My course didn't do Greek. So Christmas. Essentially, it means Christmas as well in Greek as well. So the X represents the the. Okay, so even in its written form. 
even in written form, it, it essentially it, it says Christmas in in Greek. Yes, with the X. Uh, so it's it doesn't it doesn't well, here's, matter. Here's my argument. It's chi. Sorry, the letter chi, which is the X. Yes. Um, and it it's the first letter of the Greek word for Christos, which is Christ. Christ. Yes. So here's my argument. Mm. The only person that can take the only way that Christ can be taken out of Christmas is if you take Christ yeah. out of Christmas yourself personally. Yeah. And you can do that in a whole bunch of different ways, but that's the only way it can be taken out because the actual word that you use is irrelevant. Yeah. It's what the word communicates. Mm-hmm. And we've got lots of different words that communicate all kinds of different things. You and I aren't going to Mass on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do. That's not part of our church. Yeah. Um, other churches go to Mass on Christmas Day. We don't have a Christ, a Christ Mass. Mm-hmm. We don't have that kind of a service. Uh, do we have uh, worship on Christmas Day? Of course we have worship on Christmas Day. Why? Because Christ is a part of Christmas. Christ mm-hmm. is central to Christmas. That is what Christmas is all about. Yeah. And that's the important thing. The important thing is that we don't get caught up over the you know the nitty gritty and the this and the that the important thing is that Christ is a part of your experience this Christmas day and that you spend some time with Jesus on Christmas day first and foremost above everything else yeah yeah i don't know what your family was like but with my family uh, when i was growing up and then i did the same thing when my kids were small is that on Christmas morning, you know, kids, being kids, it's like, there's a presents under the tree. You know, you're so excited the night before you can barely sleep. You're like, how am I ever going to sleep? Um, and there always seems to be less presents once they're all open than what they were before they were open. But as a family, we would all sit down and read the Christmas story. Mm. We would read the story of the birth of Christ from the Bible every Christmas before we open presents or anything like that. We're like, no, we put we put Jesus first in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then we'd open the presents and then the family would all be there and, you know, do that whole thing. What did, what did you guys used to do? Did you have uh – did you have worship on Christmas Day? As we did have worship. Um, or did but you do presents first? Presents were – it was never really about presents, if I'm honest. Usually oh, okay. I would have to organise the stuff at home. Yes, <laughs> Renee, the event planner. <laughs> so I'd organise all that at home. But like you said – prayer to, um you know including the you know reading the story of of Jesus I, actually we'd go to the events there's the um there's an event called the road to bethlehem and i love yeah that. that was amazing it's an interactive you get to see the story of Jesus and, yes yeah, absolutely it's beautiful and you can do that digitally this year here in uh, australia or you can do it for real if you're listening in new zealand they have uh, actual road to bethlehem happening. thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.